Hello. Is that recording? I think we're recording. Okay, it's so hard to tell because I don't see a red dot like in front of me on no, the screen. No, there's okay. a red dot. Hi, everyone. Hi, we're back, and it's a Monday. We're recording a day late, a dollar, not short, a dollar long. I'm, we're a, even... I'm a few dollars short, <laughs> honestly. I was trying to be positive. I was trying to open and start the week out right with the people. We usually do this on Sunday nights. We usually record on Sundays and put it up on Mondays, but we're a day later for reasons that I will explain, but... I was just thinking about you and I was like, you know what's hard? Doing this after like working a full day. <laughs> oh, I've never, oh, really? T- tell me about that. I've never done that. And I was like, oh, oh wow. I uh, guess huh. okay. you used up so much energy already working. Do you use up a lot of energy when you sit down and work from home? I do. Oh, There's good. a lot of thinking and emailing and oh, engaging and making e- mock-ups oh. and, you know, software work. Oh. But it's like, I was like, oh, wow, I'm, I'm, all, I'm a little drained. I've already had a full day of work and I have to work again. Oh. So now imagine, okay, picture this, my schedule for work, you know, usually I work Saturday nights. I uh-huh. close Saturday nights yeah. and then I open Sunday morning. So oh. we call that clopening. And oh, do it. Yes. And so I do that every week. And so after Sunday, my work shift Sunday morning, I am so drained. But yeah. guess what, guys? I hop in that car. I get wow. a boba first. And then I hop in that car, sip in my boba because I am here for you. Hey. And I am on my feet all day. I've got blisters. I My soul is drained. I've been making milkshakes all day. Uh, and so I'm th- I'm thankful that you are finally acknowledging yeah. the dedication I have to the Cathy's and the people who love this podcast. Well, yes, I, you know, and I feel the same. I've worked as well now and it's like, huh. Okay. So it takes a lot of work. So to quote Beyonce, pay me. What? You're getting half of the money that is earned from the show. I don't know what else you can be given. More. Uh, I, you're not getting more than half. Sorry. I'd like 65%. I love that we're doing business dealings on live on the podcast, but I'll tell you, sweetie, <laughs> you're not getting an extra cent. <laughs> Let me get my manager on the phone right now and she will negotiate. I'll talk to her. Can't wait. Great. Cheryl, I'm, hello. Uh, you mean Mama Steele and hello. <laughs> <laughs> this episode of Two Gay Mats is brought to you by Skillshare. We all know I love nothing more than a day job where I can close my computer right at 6 p.m. and focus on my passion projects like Two Gay Mats and Matt Palmer Music. The good part's available now. Ever since we started doing things like live streams and actually posting to TikTok, I've wanted to sharpen my skills in those areas, and Skillshare is the best place to do just that. With Skillshare, I'm excited to learn more about film and video, about Photoshop, about marketing, which I am famously terrible at, and I'm excited to learn from creators and professionals who are actually masters of it. So if you're one of the first 1,000 people to click the link in the episode description, you can sign up for Skillshare and get your first month completely free. So why wait? Click the link in the episode description and sign up for Skillshare today. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Two Game Mats, the podcast. It's Matt Palmer. It's Matt Steele. We're back again another week, a day late, but still here, and that's what's most important. And Matt Steele. Yes. How was your week? My week is lovely. Guys, today is the first day of spring. Oh, fuck you, winter. Fuck you, winter. And that, that is why I'm wearing green. I mean, I just literally just put on green because most of my wardrobe is green because I'm a redhead. Um, and as I was driving, I was like, oh, I'm wearing green for the first day of spring. How timely. I think it's odd that whenever I wear green, you get upset because you say it's your color. And I'm like, I look fine in green, too. Is that so? I'm hoping that you can start sharing the color with others. I can't. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, I only have so much in this life. Uh, and so uh, you you have it all. You have you have the job where you can sit down. You have the hot. 
hot studly boyfriend who plays sports and injures himself playing sports. Oh, well, what a stud. It's coming up later. Uh, it's coming up later. <laughs> um, so allow me green. Allow me green. How was your wig? My, oh, week? <laughs> My week was fine. It, yeah. was, it was a coming down from the Oscars mm. week, essentially. So looking at all the content, analyzing all the, the wonderful moments and everything. And I'm like, okay, guys, enough. Let's let it go. <laughs> What's there to really analyze? I saw that video of uh, Vanessa Hudgens walking by Austin Butler, but what else? Oh, just, you know, like what the different wins mean and like, oh, should this thing have won? Should this have won? Like th there's a lot of analysis that goes oh. into it, especially this time of year where it's like the new Oscar movies for next year. Like it's going to be a little while until they start, you know, circulating through the system and right. people start knowing what's going on for the 2023 season. Okay. Um, so, you know, people are are living off of the, the fumes of, of last <laughs> Oscar season. But guys, it's in the past. It is in the past. Um, I say that as if I ever let any things in the past regarding the Oscars go. Mm. But uh, yeah, so this week it was a very chill week. I tried to, you know, focus a little bit on writing. Yes. Um, you know, had a couple days where I sat down in boba places. I'm, I'm trying to turn my movie Devos into a musical. I'm yes. working with someone with that. And so I'm starting on like an outline of how I would want like the stage production to go. Um, so working a little bit on that. And honestly, like not to bring up work again, but like it's been insane really? at my restaurant. Why? I don't know. We're just so popular these oh. days. Um, and so it's it's just been kind of exhausting. So I'm really glad that I had yesterday off. That's good. <laughs> yeah, I That's am really good. glad. I'm yeah. glad that worked out for you. Yeah. I can't say that my week was interesting at all. That's okay. Besides that. So Matt Palmer, tell us about your week because you had a, a, a fun one. I had I had a week. Yeah. So, so what happened initially on Friday is I went to the gym and I was doing a leg of exercise called a squat and <laughs> this is when you take the barbell and you kind of put it on your back and then you begin you do the squat whatever it's kind of heavy because you know I'm not the strongest because there's weight because there's weight it's kind of heavy because there's weight and I feel like at some point you reach an age because when you're growing up, you're like, I'm going to work out or I'm going to go on a walk or a run. And like, I'm not going to stretch because I'm young and I'm limber and nothing can happen to you. Ooh. Today, I put that thing on my back, went down and popped right on back up. Because <laughs> I was like, oh, something tweaked. I stopped for a moment, put it back down and was like, okay, do I feel anything? No. All right. I'm fine. Let me do it again. Picked it back up. Still felt it. Put it back down. Didn't do it again. So now every time I like twist my body. I'm still in pain a bit. It's gotten a lot better, but this is just part one of the we're falling apart oh, story. No, and your boyfriend can't even massage you. I mean, yes, because the next day on Saturday, Jackson went to play basketball. He goes and plays basketball with some friends uh, every Saturday morning. It's like fun exercise and he likes basketball, so it makes sense. And he um, like fell or was blocking a shot and then got pushed and was landed on his back and you know tried to uh, make the fall less of a fall by putting his <laughs> left hand down on the ground as one would do and um, it hurt enough that he stopped playing for the rest of the game but he was like it must be a sprain I've sprained my ankle it must be like that so he spends the rest of the day we're assuming it's a sprain he wraps it up and um, we go to a friend's house that night and as we're going he's like you know this actually is hurting more than I would expect it to and I was like do you want to go to the ER like what well, we can go to urgent care they're open for 30 more minutes he's like no no I want to see my our friends want to see the cats whatever <laughs> And so we go over, we hang out with our friends, Jeff and Jean, play with their cats, come back. He sleeps and like kind of makes a makeshift sling for himself while he's sleeping. We wake up, go to urgent care in the morning. First thing he goes in, sees the doctor and comes out with like a full ass splint. And I'm like, what is it? And he's like, well, it's broken. And I've been like walking around with a like hairline fractured wrist for 24 hours at this point. Uh, so 
essentially we're aging <laughs> and our bodies are turning against us and that's just what happens. That's so sad. How's he going to defend you in a fight? That's okay. I don't usually get into fights. Mostly just online because I have a lot of feelings to express on the internet, but usually those people don't like come to my door and try to beat me up. Um, like oh, let's see. Let's get a few more subscribers and then we'll see <laughs> what crazy people pop through. I know. We still are waiting for, um, what was that guy with the ears who uh, Instagram or Twitter messaged <laughs> Russell us? Russell Tovey. Russell Tovey. He could still beat us up. <laughs> he, could he could still be mad about oh, that. Oh, he could beat me up, baby. All right. <laughs> um, yeah, well, I mean, you know, I, I hope that everyone's feeling well and don't forget to stretch. Yeah. I will say that is one thing I do every day, twice a day. First thing I do when I wake up is stretch. Really? And then the last thing I do right before I hop into bed is stretch again. All right. And I will say it does wonders for my flexibility. Okay. I, I stretch. I don't work out, but I do stretch. <laughs> okay. Well, so, I will add stretching to my repertoire. And because... I might add working out to my repertoire. Well, there you go. Look, Look at, at this. A big year for us. Um, and so then on Sunday, it was Jackson's uh, brother-in-law's. That, that's right. It's like his sister's husband. Brother-in-law? Yes. Okay. <laughs> brother-in-law. Uh, it was his birthday. Or it's going to be his birthday next week. And he and uh, his sister, Julia, we all went to dinner and got drinks and went to see Patton Oswalt. Again, apparently, they wanted to see uh, a comedian at the Largo uh, mm. venue. And we went there and saw him and a couple of openers or friends of his. And it was a cute, fun show on a Sunday night. But it's like, that's why we moved the podcast. Because I was like, oh, I, they've already bought this ticket. I can't be like, no, I have a podcast. Yeah. So a day late, but we're happy we're here. We I love Patton Oswalt. He's great. I, you should see him in the movie Young Adult, which I think is a movie that someone. You, yeah, you would love Young really? Adult. Really? Yeah. Someone mentioned that when I mentioned Patton that I should see that movie. And uh, He's excellent. In really? Yeah. He's also good in uh, The United States of Terra, mm-hmm. starring Tony Collette. He plays uh, the sister in that love interest for a moment. And uh, he does a great job. Yeah. Um, okay. So, is there anything else you want to talk about before we jump into news for idiots? No, we've got some news this week. We do have some news, and let's get started. So, apparently, the next time we talk, uh, Donald Trump will have gotten arrested, supposedly. <laughs> So there's a rumor, apparently, according to a social media post on his whatever social media truth social, whatever he likes to call it. Trump says that he will be arrested Tuesday as a New York prosecutor is eyeing charges in a case examining hush money paid to women who alleged uh, who allege sexual encounters with the former president. It is uh, apparently this is relating to hush money paid to Stormy Daniels and the like. Um, And it is unclear if he's actually going to be arrested or if he just heard he was going to be arrested and is panicking. But since this came out. It seems like it's really going to fucking happen. I mean, he's flat out like saying it and he's like insanely telling his <laughs> his like followers and fans like, OK, everyone, you know what to do. Like and <sighs> so like New York City, they're like setting up like barricades in like areas like because they're anticipating like protests and stuff like that. And baby, you know, Todrick Hall has his cinematographer on the phone and he is, oh, he, Lord. Is, he is planning that cell block tango video oh, as Lord. we speak. Todrick, that your little show we just went off the air. He could just stay quiet for a few weeks. Oh, he's got some more cell block tangos in him. I mean, he, he can do it, and, and that would be one to do. I he would be the first former president to have been arrested. Yeah, obviously because he's the most corrupt human being on the face of the earth. And I feel like even if this gets. I mean, the right apparently would be excited or feel like they had a purpose about this, which I'm not looking forward to. But I'm looking forward to seeing this man in fucking handcuffs, this man being charged with something, being indicted like he's done so many corrupt things. And the fact that it's fucking Stormy Daniels that's getting him, you know, locked up for even a moment. It really makes me happy. Stormy Daniels. Stormy Daniels is also a reality TV show host. Really? She she hosts the reality competition show for the love of Dilfs, I believe it's called. Oh, I have a friend that is on it. (laughs) That's the show that uh, the other Matt Palmer is on. 
Oh, I'm pretty who, sure. There's another Matt Palmer. There's a gay Matt Palmer who's like very hot, and he's like Matt Palmer official. You're on very hot. You exercise. I do, but I'm not you like work pro- out. professionally hot. I'm not like do like his job is hot. You know what I mean? Okay. His, so it's different. Yeah. Um. But yes, he's on that show too. Oh well, so. yeah. My friend Tony was on that show, and that's the only reason I know know it exists. Well, I'm and glad I know we know it's hosted a- by Stormy Daniels. Exactly. So Stormy, thank you for your service. Thank, thank you for you your for work. Everything you've done leading us here, because fuck that guy. And if there's any way to just get this man locked away in jail, underneath the jail, I'd love it. I don't foresee that for us, but I'd like to have, I like having hope. I mean, it is scary because like, you know that like they're going to spin it to be like, oh, well this is actually a witch hunt from the like evil, like leftist right. uh, like people who are like trying to just throw me in jail. So like everyone revolt against him. Ugh. But hopefully like since Ron, De- Ron DeSantis, what's that little piece of shit's name? It's Ron, <laughs> Ron DeSantis. Uh, since he's still in the thing and they're still fighting back and forth. Apparently Trump said something about, uh, how Ron DeSantis like might be in the same situation with a woman who's lying about him, or maybe even a man. So it's like they're having homophobic fights amongst themselves. Yeah. Just leave the left out of it. <laughs> well, let them fight. Yeah, let, them, let fight. them fight. Let the girls fight. Let the girls fight while we get stuff done. Exactly. More stuff done. More man, st- hey, baby Joe. So much shit. Daddy Joe. It's, it's not the time for that, but I just, <laughs> we just need to give him his flowers when he's do- doing great things. Yes. So thank you for Joe. Um, so. Hey, Halle Bailey has said, okay, we have, I have feelings about this. A pop crave tweet says the following quote. Halle Bailey says her version of Ariel is more nuanced than the original Little Mermaid. The quote is, we've definitely changed that perspective of just her wanting to leave the ocean for a boy. It's way bigger than that. It's about herself, her purpose, her freedom, her life, and what she wants. As a woman, we are, as women, we are amazing. We are independent. We are modern. We are everything and above. And I'm glad that Disney is updating uh, some of these themes. She never says the word nuanced in that quote. The writer has taken what she said and distilled it into the word nuanced. But the people were not happy. It's the corrupt media, guys. <laughs> I know. They're trying to tear Hallie down. I just feel like there's already so much shit. Like, the racists hate that she's Ariel. The racists are so wanting this movie to flop. Like, I will be seeing this opening weekend because I want good things for her. And it's like, I, I don't know that I've seen any other live action um, version of a Disney film yet. One of the, like, new remakes. Mm-hmm. But how? She sounds great. The preview, she looks very cute, looks right for the role. And she's excited that, you know, Disney's mindset is different than it was in the early 90s. That's all she was saying. Yeah, you mean late 80s was 89. Okay. Get your decades right. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, the thing that people were upset about this was because. She said that uh, we're going to get rid of the perception that she did all of this, that she wanted to go to land for a boy specifically. And it's like, well, no, that's actually not the story of The Little Mermaid. The Little Mermaid is she always wanted to be on land because she had bigger dreams. She wanted to explore the world and everything. And then it just so happened a really hot guy with great cartoon arms (laughs) was also into her. And she's like, hey, this is my incentive to really go for it. Right. Um, So but the thing is, she said that that is the perception. Okay. So she was more so like putting that on other, like other people Are have, have this, this incorrect ass. take. Okay. So, you know, I, I, I think that people were just upset because they didn't want to see like Howard Ashman's brilliant writing, like mm. sort of discredited. Okay. Um, Howard Ashman did everything right <laughs> when it comes to <laughs> the little mermaid and all every other song he right. has ever written. He's one of the greatest lyricists like ever. Um, he was a gay man. Yes. Oh, Yes, I <laughs> that's that. why I love that for that's us. why he writes like the best I want songs, mm. like from women's perspectives, yes. because they're just dripping with just like that gay subtext. <laughs> like, like he gave it all to us, and so um, I do worry. Like, 
that will Disney add too many details? Mm. There is such a thing as putting too much seasoning in the soup. Like, I worry that, like, the story, if there are too many details added to try to add all these layers, yeah. um, that the story could get a little muddled and, like, confusing. And so so that is, like, something I do worry about a little bit. Because there is something to be said about, like, the simplicity of these original cartoons. Like, the, the objectives are so crystal clear. And right. that is why they resonate with such a broad audience. And so... So I, but I mean, we'll see. We'll see. We're going to watch it, and we're going to. I'm excited to watch it and come up with an opinion based on the actual film, and not based on the things she says or the evil troll comments or even the trailers, which I think of the last one I thought was mostly good. So I'm excited to see it. <laughs> I did. But wait, what wasn't good about it? Do you think? Um, I feel like some. I've seen a couple of shots of the animals, like the crab, and I was like, oh, that looks weird. <laughs> But mostly good. Like everything she did, I thought was Listen, great. It looks like a crab to me. I don't know. That's no, sometimes animals are a little weird looking, and you got to roll with that. I guess. But these I don't animals know. are nuanced. They're real and nuanced <laughs> animals. Okay. Yes, it's true. I think they're beautiful. See that Netflix is not paying Nancy Myers for her uh, movie anymore. Guys, that, there is a, a big, big pristine kitchen out there. I know. That will not be seen. I wanted to see that so badly. Netflix is shutting down its Nancy Myers movie, the star-studded romantic comedy that was expected to be her first directing vehicle in nearly a decade. Apparently, sources are saying that while Netflix was okay with the a $130 million budget, Myers wouldn't budge off the $150 million, with $80 million of that going uh, above the line split between Myers, Scarlett Johansson, Owen Wilson, Penelope Cruz, and Michael Fassbender, who were in talks to star. I didn't know that $80 million was specific specifically going for above the line. That's, that's, that's a lot. <laughs> like that is, and you know, you know, we love paying everyone what they're worth yes. and everything, but like, that's a lot. It's a lot of money. And apparently she's not giving up. Like she's still shopping this around oh. to other streamers, other distributors. I hope it finds a home. Sure. But it does feel like you could crack down just the 20 million. Listen, like is the, out of 180 million is like the 30 million really going to kill you. Listen, Nancy, I'm here and I am willing to work for scale. <laughs> so like if you need a role and you don't want to pay someone a couple million, I will do it for, you know, you could be the Owen Wilson character. Uh, the, you know, guy, me and Owen Wilson are, you know, a lot of people say we're the same type. It's like looking in a mirror. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. And so, or I could do a, an Owen Wilson like impression. I'd look, forward to that. Thank you. Do you want to do it now? No, okay. because I'm not getting paid for it now. Oh. Thank you. I want to get paid at least a little bit. Okay. But uh, again, Nancy, a little bit. So you, <laughs> you don't have to pay me that much. Oh my gosh. Um, Wicked Part One is uh, releasing on Thanksgiving now in 2024. Yeah, I wonder if that's because they're finding that, um, like, darker not that Wicked's like a super dark movie. I mean but you don't know what this like vision's gonna look like because Wicked is like very family friendly stuff. Right. Uh, I, I wonder if they're discovering that um, movies do better financially in the Thanksgiving window mm. than Christmas. How? People are busy during Christmas and it's like unless you're an avatar right. it's hard to make that money. Uh, with every new uh, like release and more information about the Wicked movies how stressed how more stressed are you about the color purple and the fact that we've heard nothing about it? I'm hoping that this is just smart marketing on the okay. color purples uh, teams part yeah. because they're like, you know what? We don't want there to be color purple fatigue. Okay. We don't want to set anyone's expectations too high. We want this to come out and have it be like, oh, wait, 
but this, but this. Mm. So I'm I'm hoping that that is the case, and I hope I'm hoping the visuals are, are just so good that they're they're keeping them on lock. I mean, but we're hearing little bits about popular and how it's so amazing, and like, oh, you won't believe this part, blah blah blah. I'm, I'm jealous. Just, I'm mean. jealous that the wicked stands are getting fed, and we Fantasia stands are not getting as fed. Um, but it is okay. It's okay. It, it's okay. All I right. trust the director. I trust Oprah and Steven Spielberg, our producers, for this. So I trust. Imagine them. not trusting Oprah. I know. Who would? I know. And so, but yeah, but I imagine things are going really well in terms of like filming for Wicked. Because Clearly. they're pushing it a month. I'm not that a month is like a huge right. <laughs> span of time, but like it, things must be going well because it could be worse. They could be like, oh, we're pushing it back right. like six months. And it something. also felt like it got off to kind of a slow start. Like I feel like we heard about Cynthia Revo and Ariana Grande being attached and it took a long time to get the whole cast filled out. Mm-hmm. So now it seems like they're off and running. And I like how they're filming it now and it seems like they're spending a lot of time because it's not coming out for over a year and a half from now. And whereas I feel like a lot of recent movie musicals, it's like they get announced and then they start filming and then it's just like it feels like eight months later the movie mm, suddenly comes out right like, no let's let's give this production room to breathe and some time and everything so i like how we're being pragmatic and taking our time with a, a story as big as wicked mm. so i'm and, and as a musical as big as wicked right yeah um, so did you hear that uh, celebrity stylist Law Roach has announced uh, their retirement? Law Roach apparently does a lot of celebrity styling and most famously works with Zendaya. So whenever Zendaya is on a red carpet and looking lovely and gorgeous, it's because Law Roach was involved. And I think everyone was nervous because it was like, well, what about Zendaya? What's going to happen with her? But then Law Roach came out and said, you know what? We're always going to be together. I will always be working with her. And it's like, great. If they want to retire outside of working with Zendaya, I'm fine with that. That's Take great. all the breaks you need. I think you made a lot of money, I'm sure. Sure. But like, if this designer like decided to retire, now, like, Zendaya will still find pretty dresses. <laughs> like, There are other but talented designers out there who true. can dress like a person. Zendaya could walk out like wearing this like mouse pad that you have on your stool and it would be like ah work but I feel like being a stylist is a job and she has the best one for her and so a change like that could affect things she'd always look beautiful of course but is it going to be you know as top tier as it has been up to par up to par up to par available now Um, so I'm glad that uh, they're still working together apparently there's going to be a new Brokeback Mountain musical Based in uh, on the West End, it's happening. Yes, is, is it a musical or I got the impression oh. it was a straight play? Oh, with the straight play, I wouldn't have added it to the list if it was just a play. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is still fun. In my head, it was a musical, but okay. yes, apparently Lucas Hedges and Mike Feist, Feist, Mike Feist, Mike from Feist, the West Side Story movie. Oh, who and was he? The original uh, Dear Evan Hansen. Uh, Mike Feist was Riff in the new West Side. Oh, he did a great job. He's so phenomenal right. that movie absolutely deserved an Oscar nomination where was it he is fantastic I love Lucas Hedges like I think they're both great and talented and um but what I want to know is who is playing the true protagonist of Brokeback Mountain and that is Alma is Alma Michelle Williams Michelle Williams okay I was like is it Anne Hathaway is it Michelle Williams who's to say I mean everyone knows Alma's the best character she's the one who we're rooting for in this story I haven't seen this movie in so long because so I like, don't Girl, get him. He's a cheater. <laughs> Jack Twist, Jack Nasty. Mm. One of the most savage lines ever written in cinema. Good for you, Michelle. Congratulations. Uh, Diplo said that he's received oral sex from a guy and might be a little gay. Thoughts? Hot. <laughs> Hot. 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 Apparently, he would not look the guy in the eye, but he could see himself having a long-term life partner. He can't remember who did it. <laughs> I don't know. It just was like, I guess it's great. I think having like people who are not 
outwardly queer, be like, you know, this happens. I'm a rock star. I'm in sexual situations a good amount of time, and I'm not so hung up on the gender of who's doing what to me. Mm. I think it's it feels like natural and it makes sense, and it's nice to hear someone be honest about it. Yeah, and it's hot. And, so, <laughs> and well, the thing that like made me go like, what was right. when he said he might have done it. I know. And so I'm kind of just like, wait, you don't. Remember, I, seems, I can see like, you know, you're a famous rock star. Or yeah. You might not you know know that person's name or something right. like that. Or you might not like remember exactly what they look like or whatever. But it's like I, I would feel like you would remember something, something like, about them, whether they are yeah. identify yeah. as male or female. It's a pretty big identifier of someone. But, uh, you know, maybe maybe he was just having a good time and you know. wasn't, wasn't paying attention. Yes. If everyone was of age and everyone was consenting, we're all for it. Yeah. So all for it. Good for you. Good if, for that was, everyone. if that was the case. Yeah. Uh, Sarah Snook, who plays Shiv on Succession, didn't know that Succession was ending until the final table read. The oh. quote is, I was very upset. I felt a huge sense of loss, disappointment, sadness. It would have been nice to know at the beginning of the season. But I also understand not being told until the end because there was a still a potential that maybe this wasn't going to be the end. And it's like, I like that she is as hurt about this ending as I am. Like it's starting in like a week or so and I'm excited for season, for the final season or whatever. I think it's season four. But I I just don't understand why it has to end and I'm glad that Sarah Snook is on my boat with me. You know, we're both hurting. We're both reeling. Okay, well, I mean, get together, like drink your wine and uh, uh, console each other. And I will say the, ha- the happiest thing about the other two, which is coming back in May, uh, and there were like new first look pictures released. They looked all through that press release. The word final season was not mentioned. I was like, thank God. I mean, let's we not get it more. twisted. The, the next season after this upcoming season will be about six years from now. <laughs> look, <laughs> I will wait. I will wait as long as it takes. Apparently they're doing a three-year time jump, so it's going to be like post-COVID and like they will all have been famous for this amount of time. Time, mostly because like the Justin Bieber-esque character I think is played by Case Walker. He's now 20 and couldn't like believably look like a 16-year-old. Sure. And so they're like, let's just make him 20. I can't wait for this show to come back. It's the best comedy on television. If you're not watching the other two, do it as soon as you can. It's, it's incredibly funny. Oh. And, and I do kind of like that idea of like, oh, we do this show, but like we take a couple years off and like it's like a it's like a it's kind of like having a movie sequels every couple years. I don't think they're meaning to do that. Sure. <laughs> I think it's happening to them. Sure. Or, uh, yes, but you know, this is a nice way to think about that it. That is a nice way to think yeah. about it. I love that for you. Uh, Good Burger has gotten a sequel. Green and Thompson and Cal Mitchell. It's a reprise. Good Burger rolls as a sequel movie gets greenlit. Uh, apparently, it probably looks like it's going to be on Paramount Plus. I'm excited, especially for Cal Mitchell. I would love, love how he's working. Oh, yeah. And Good Burger, I mean, obviously a classic, an iconic movie and sketch from from all that. I know. Back in the Uh, day. Back uh, back in the day. It was I think it was Nickelodeon's second feature film, right? Because the first was Harriet the Spy. Oh. Which is a true piece of cinema. Really? Oh, oh. you've seen Harriet the Spy. I don't know that I have. How did you every child who loved Nickelodeon, which was every child (laughs) at the time, like saw Harriet the Spy. This was a big deal. I love Nickelodeon, but I feel like the movie. I wasn't a movie person. You know, I don't like a long thing. Especially as a young person, I feel like one of the first, maybe the only Nickelodeon movie I saw was the Rugrats movie, which was excellent. Oh, a great movie as well. Yeah. No, but we are children of the church of Nickelodeon. So Mm -hmm. I don't know. I, I, I supported my parish. All right. Well, I guess I'll have to see Harriet the Spy. I don't know. How do I stream that? Also, a brilliantly designed film as well, Harriet the Spy. But this is about Good Burger. We love Good Burger as well. We love Good Burger. Absolutely. Speaking of all that, uh, alums, Amanda Bynes has been hospitalized. Apparently, she has been placed on a psychiatric hold after she... 
basically was in the middle of a psychotic event, an episode, and found herself on the street without clothes. And but she was coming out of it and found a phone, called nine one one, which someone in the Discord pointed out is a good sign. She understands like this can happen, and it's just my heart goes out to her. I only want good things for her. I only I would love a comeback, but I, mostly I want her to be safe and happy and healthy. And um, I'm glad that when she you know was out of the episode that she had the wherewithal to do just that. Mm-hmm. It feels like that is um, an evolution from a few years ago. Oh, know? absolutely! Like good for her for yeah. like knowing it and realizing it and immediately being like, you know what? Hi, right, I need a phone because so many people. It's hard to ask for help, especially if you are a celebrity, especially if you're having mental health issues. So I'm I'm proud of her for doing it, and I just am only wanting good things. For oh, her. I'm totally rooting for her. Like I, I just what a, what a t- she was a such a talented little. Girl. Oh my gosh, like, so talented Beyond. in terms of like comedy and everything. So I only want the best for her. Obviously, you said a comeback would be our wildest dreams and right. everything. But like, if she's just happy and like safe, Truly. and healthy and living a good life mm-hmm. like to get back to that spot like that's what you want for anyone absolutely you know? so wishing her the best uh and in some good news for a former child star Lindsay lohan is pregnant with her first uh child with husband bader shamas didn't realize she was married <laughs> and maybe i'm just out of the loop i'm not paying enough attention to lilo but congrats to her congrats to her very like, excited that's wonderful i will say i wonder if our uh dear friend jimmy uh, is upset because there was a rumor that Lindsay Lohan would be starring in an Anne Margaret biopic. Oh, like relatively soon. Obviously, Anne Margaret's a legend, but like our friend Jimmy loves Anne Margaret, and so and this was brilliant casting. Well, like, they could wait until she has this baby to film it. Yeah, sure, but like I, it's kind of like oh, but like I want it now. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like you know, let's let's try to like bump this up and have it happen, but like. It's not going to happen soon, I guess. Mm-hmm. But you know what? Pipe dream for the future. That's true. The idea's out there. Let's let it circulate. Let's let it marinate. I mean, I like that the Lindsay Lohan stands are just in the same room with the Rihanna stands being like, our girl's pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> Congrats, but also <laughs> a little but, sad. But also. Also a little sad. Yeah. Uh, so Matt Steele, I believe you do have an extra news story that I did not include. So please take it away. Yes. yes. Uh, so speaking of people who let their work marinate and, uh, you know, this person is letting their work finally uh, premiere after they pass away. Okay. So this is, uh, it was announced this week that Stephen Sondheim's final musical will be having an off-Broadway premiere this fall. The musical was formerly known as Square One, uh, and it is inspired by two Louis Bignel films. And uh, so he announced that he was working on something uh, a few months like prior to his death and everything, but right. he was still working on something. Wasn't he on a late night show when he mentioned it? Yeah, and okay. he was like, yeah, I'm still writing. He wow. was 90, oh God, 92, I yeah. believe, or 91, and he announced like he was still writing and everything, and that made everyone very excited. He's uh was collaborating with the um, uh, writer David Ives, and so everyone was so excited about this. Oh no, a new Sondheim show, a new Sondheim show, and then a few months later he passed away, mm. and so everyone was devastated. Everyone kind of assumed like this musical is not going to see the light of day like we're not going to see it we're not going to see it and they announced that they're mounting a production of it and so I'm I'm just so excited that there will be new Sondheim music it'll be a wonderful send-off and you guys let's brace ourselves it it, it will be an unfinished musical right. so it may not be the most perfected right. thing on the planet right. but it's something to celebrate. Yes. It's celebrating a legacy. We're getting this new final music but by a composer who was in his 90s writing this. Like So it's just such a wonderful thing. We're going to go in with open mind, open ears, and just 
I'm, I'm happy that it's that it's here because well, I great. was fully anticipating that we would never hear any of this I music, know and so it's like it's great we get to hear it. It's so happening. Congratulations to us and to him <laughs> and to David Ives and to everybody. Yes, congratulations to us all. And now we're going to take a quick break and then be back with more Two Gay Mats the podcast. Hello, are you? Hi, everyone. We are back. We are. We are on to email my heart. This is the section of the podcast where we answer any questions that you guys might have. Yes. You can be a part of email my heart if you email us at two gay mats at gmail.com. Two is spelled T W O. We got a question this morning. Mm. And this wasn't so much of a question as it was an attack on Matt Palmer. <laughs> it was. Because our uh, dear Austin, who is uh, in our Discord, he's a wonderful patron of ours. He heard that Matt Palmer said, I think like twice or maybe I think just once on this podcast okay. that that we have started to overhype Olivia Rodrigo's debut album, Sour. Mm-hmm. I do not agree, everyone. Let's just, let's <laughs> oh, be, my let gosh. And so Austin Marlowe just sent a quick email saying justice for Sour. <laughs> this is my favorite. Hello there, period. <laughs> uh, Matt Palmer, you have inferred, comma, several times now, comma. That some of us overhype Olivia Rodrigo's debut album, Sour. Why mm. is that? Not even a thank you, Austin. Just why is that? <laughs> Matt Palmer, go explain yourself. I love Sour. Sour is an excellent debut album from a young lady who I'm excited about. And I feel like it shows nothing but great potential. I feel like you listen to that record. You're like, wow, she's going to do great things one day. And she started on this album. These songs are so well crafted. Her influences come in very clearly. Like she has having to give Taylor Swift money for two songs for a reason. Very Taylor inspired the um, Paramore inspiration for Good For You. It had several big hits. She's very, very talented. And the album is better than, say, Taylor Swift's debut album. But is the album fearless? Is the album Jagged Little Pill? Is the album, you know, it's, 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 I'll use this example because Austin has just been listening through Janet Jackson, which, by the way, if my like legacy on earth is that I've introduced Gen Z children to Janet Jackson, that is the happiest thing I've ever done. You're done, kid. But Good, kid. We'll put that on your grave. Please do. Uh, to me, sour feels like control. Like, it feels like, and the thing is, no shade, Control was bigger. Control had more hits. Control, uh, like, shook the culture a bit more than Sour did, but... Well, that's because music, specific music in general back then shook the culture more than it does now. True. That's fine. Yes. But, like, when Lady Gaga came out, she really shook the culture right when she came out. Olivia is doing things that we as millennials, as people of our age have heard this sound exactly before. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. She's doing something that people are going to like and the sound works. She's a great writer, but I'm excited for her next level that I believe she can reach. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, because it was good. <coughs> but it falls off a little. After, uh, what's the song? Uh, After Enough For You, Happier is okay. Jealousy, Jealousy is okay. Mm-hmm. Favorite Crime is pretty good. Favorite Crime is better than pretty good. I love favorite. These are three. Okay. Let's not talk trash about (laughs) the beauty that is hope you're okay. I didn't say that. I I didn't. I I know you don't think that because you love that song. I think that's great. Great song. I just wanted to to clarify so so the people don't hate you. So I'm on your team. The fact that we have an album that had three hit songs on it and three songs that were in the B level. This is a solid, good debut album. It's not in the rarefied air of what we're talking about. Like on our Patreon, if we uh, we have like albums that we're all trying to agree upon being like, is this the album that represents? It would stick out as a sore thumb 
as the weakest. Fair. Which is fine. I, I do under I do wonder if because the thing is like, okay, there are eleven songs yes. and everything, which is like, you know, an average album, like a little on the shorter end sure. nowadays, because sure. now so many albums come out with like 17, 18 tracks, and it's like, okay, guys, let's whittle it down. So <laughs> I'm, I'm, I appreciate that it's only 11 songs, but the thing is now songs are so much shorter. Yes. So I wonder if like, even though like I love, love so many of these songs, and I fully agree with you that the album, like while it does like stand on its own as a great album, like in itself, the excitement for me was also, wow, this girl did this at 17. Exactly. The potential for the next yes. album is astronomical. Yes. Like she has such a clear point of view, such a clear voice and, right. and is such a talented, sophisticated writer at this yes. age. Um, is in, that was the really exciting yes. part for me. I, but I, to go back, I do wonder if like the shortness of the songs does give like, like listening to the album in as a whole, like mm. all straight through gives it less of an impact than like a jagged little pill, right. you know? Cause like, I don't know how many tracks there are on jagged little pill, probably like 12 or 13. Okay, but, like, but those songs are longer because songs back then were longer. So you feel like you've been through the ringer with jagged, right. like jagged little pills over. Whereas this, the songs are shorter and, you know, emotionally impactful and everything, but because there's less music to mm. it, it feels like a quicker moment in your life. I think you know? there's, and there's nothing wrong with making a debut album that highlights how much potential you have. Like yes. she's made great, better debuts than a lot of people that are giant superstars these days than like a Rihanna, than, um, you know, Taylor Swift, like her debut album is better than that. And yeah. she has a lot of potential to do incredible work. And this just isn't that. You were just explaining yourself. I'm just explaining. This, this is a wonderful, and thorough it's, explanation. It's not an anti-Olivia uh, Rodrigo thing in any way. It's like, I like this girl a lot and can't wait to see what she does next. But Jeff is in the chat saying, the Cathy's give Sabayama a lot. Jeff, don't you come <laughs> for our Rina Sabayama, okay? That debut album for Rina Sabayama was otherworldly. Well, because Truly. that album was, she was really pushing music forward in a new yes. interesting way and that was what was so exciting about that album yes yeah so, so we look forward to we, seeing what happens next we look forward to seeing what happens next there's always potential there is for more <laughs> to better yourself ladies and gentlemen matt Steele. yes i have a question for you oh god what what has been giving you moments, darling. Okay, so first of all, you all know that I've been on a survivor journey. Of course you have. And so I, this, just a couple days ago, I started season 17 of Survivor Gabon. And I have heard from some people who, you know, are Survivor fans like, oh, Gabon is fine, it's fine, it's fine. Guys, it is the best season of Survivor I have seen oh. so far. The characters are just so savage with each other. The thing that makes the, everything is unpredictable. Everyone is forming these like friendships and everything. And then they start to crumble. Everyone <laughs> is paranoid. Everyone is crying. The people hate each other so much like, and they are so <laughs> vocal about it. And this, this season I believe came out in like, either 2008 or 2009 around there, yeah. which was like, I think of like the big brother seasons in like 2008, 2009. And they were not afraid to feature people in those seasons where they just outwardly hated each other <laughs> and were not afraid to say to each other's faces, I fucking hate you. And I hope I never fucking see you again. Jesus. Like, and so, and I am sitting there watching Gabon this season that is, you know, Oh God knows how old at this point. And I'm just like, man, 
what an era for reality TV. (laughs) I know. It's like, I miss it so much. These characters are so rich and like every episode is a banger. Every episode has like some, like either like a plot that succeeds and there's like a huge shocker or a plot that like is really funny or fun that like fails miserably. Like Mm. it's so great. So that's just a random giving me moments. I love it. I also have to say, um, this is a sad giving me moments, I guess, but, um, uh, my old elementary school principal, uh, Mr. Bender passed yes. away this week Aww. and, uh, I, you know, grew up in a town with a lot of elementary schools and everything. And people always talk about my elementary school. There were, there are 18 elementary schools in mm. my town. Yeah. Uh, and so everyone always talks about my elementary school, Mercerville elementary school, um, as like the elementary school with the most like school pride yeah, and, and with the most, and I grew up, you know, in that environment and everything. And I, I grew up having such a wonderful sense of community because of how wonderful of a principal Mr. Bender was. Mm. And so hearing that he passed away, like really like upset me this week. Aww. And so, and it made me like stop and realize like the importance of, you know, if you, when you're in those sort of positions in any sort of like, uh, um, a supervisor position or a managerial position or anything like that, like the importance of building a community. He would do amazing things with us. Like we would have a fundraiser every year um, where we would like raise money for the school and he would be like, okay, kids, if you raise this much money, I'm going to sit on the roof for the entire school day. <laughs> and he did it. And we would all go out Aww. and like watch him like on the roof. And, and this one day he's like, this year, if you raise enough money, I'm going to dye my hair green. And he did it. And, and one year he's like, if you raise enough money, I'm going to shave off half of my mustache and whatever kid raises the most money is going to get to be the one to shave the half of my mustache. Oh my God. So he did all these like wonder, he was just an incredible, incredible principal. And so, um, and I, I feel like I had such a phenomenal like public education because I went to this amazing elementary school Mm. and there was such a great sense of community among the students and among the teachers. And so I just wanted to give a shout out to Mr. Bender. Um, I forget when he retired. It was a a while ago he retired, but all the teachers are just like Mr. Bender icon legend. Mm. Like, so just a shout out to Mr. Bender. We love you. You were like one of the most unbelievable principals ever. So you, oh, and he was always such a great um, point of uh, discipline for uh, my mom that she would threaten me and my brother with. Like, because <laughs> if we were like misbehaving or something, yeah. she would always be like, do you want me to call Mr. Bender? Oh, my God. <laughs> and we would be like, no. Why is he scary? Or you just wanted him to like you? He wasn't that scary, but like we knew he was the principal. Oh. So like there was like, uh, uh, you know, an aura about him that was like, we can't disappoint Mr. Bender. Mm-hmm. Like if you watch home videos of us when we were kids and you know, our mom is like trying to, it's like recording us as she's like, you need to go to bed. She would just be like, it's time for you to go to bed. Shall I show this tape to Mr. Bender? <laughs> and we would be like, no. Oh my God. Yeah, so icon legend, Mr. Bender. We love he you. rest. We love yeah. you. It's true. Well, going from, one of the most impactful and wonderful people in your life. Well, I have to go straight to the worst people in my life, and that is the Vanderpump Rules cast. I apologize. I know I can't stop talking about it, but the mid-season trailer for Vanderpump Rules just dropped, and it shows some footage that has clearly been filmed after the Scandaval situation. 
happened okay. because that was when they started picking cameras back up and were ready to film again. And there's a sit down with Tom and Ariana that is so intense. And she looks him in the face. He's like, I wish we both would have tried harder, which is like, fuck you. And she's like, you don't deserve a goddamn tear from me. You will not be getting any of my fucking tears because you don't deserve it. Iconic. The whole thing just feels like you were saying the era of reality TV when people weren't afraid to be complete and total messes mm-hmm. on TV. It's like the end of this season is going to have that for us again. And I cannot wait. It's like just the bomb has dropped. You see everyone's reaction to it. Like Tom Sandoval's in pieces and you're like, absolutely. Sheena is very upset because she has allegedly punched Raquel in the face. <laughs> and so she's upset in her bucket hat. And then at the very end of the trailer, you see again another part of that sit down with Tom and Ariana. Tom goes to the, like the kitchen is like, oh, I'm in the kitchen. Like, is there anything I can get you? Or is like, is there anything you want from me? And Ariana's just straight face just goes for you to die. <laughs> Like this, this is television. This is cinema. So I'm very excited. Cannot wait for that moment. I am. I just, it's going to be thrilling, but it's also like still not worth it for what Ariana has been through, but I'm glad she's okay. Um, I also want to give out a shout out to another great Bravo reality show that if you are a musical person, I think you should check out. It is a show about Escape and SWV getting together to go on a, uh, It's a, the thing is initially I thought they were going to be going on a co-headlining tour, but it became they were doing just one show together as co-headliners. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's kind of talking about the dynamics of these 90s classic R&B girl groups coming together and like who's going to headline like escape has been doing things more recently, but SWV has the bigger hits escape like has two members that are active on reality TV. So they have a lot of followers, but the SWV hits from the nineties are truly being streamed more as we speak. And to see the inner turmoil of these relationships and the inner turmoil between the groups, SWV, it seems like has gotten over their issues. And they're like, you know what? There are times for a while that we're just like not speaking, but we're all at work. And so we put on a great show and that's what we do. Hey, but there are two sisters sisters and escape so Latasha and Tamika are sisters and so they we're having scenes between them and the mom and like the mom is only taking one of their sides Ooh, that's dark Tamika's like you stole $30,000 from me and you Ooh. you and your husband and then they she's like she can't speak without talking to the husband they cut to a confessional where the Rocky the husband of uh, Latasha is whispering in her ear and they're like Rocky what are you whispering in her ear for he's like gotta tell her what to say uh, it's just it's wild and if you grew up with the music it adds an extra layer because as much as I love a housewives there are no like these are people cast to be messy and like on television the way that they are related is they're cast on housewives these people have careers and like decades of history with each other and they're livelihoods and professionalism and music careers, they rely on each other for that. So I don't know. I think it's a little messy, absolutely, but it's very interesting. And like, I don't know. It's, it's a just, little messy, but it's very it's interesting. It's very interesting because there's like real weight to it because like the the music, I remember growing up with the music. So it's like, oh, people want to hear this so often. There's people are touring around the world, keeping their families afloat with the music. And it's just, there's a lot going on. I, that's beautiful. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's a, it's a beautiful thing when like reality shows give you uh, some drama. Absolutely, the, it's nothing is worse than when everyone's kumbayaing in front of the camera. It's I mean, a, the fact that they're sisters is a little upsetting. It's a little like, dark. Yeah, I don't like seeing that. Like, and this, but that's why you've always said you had trouble with New Jersey housewives Absolutely. because there's they're related to each other, so it's like yes. families are involved. You're right. watching like families break apart right. and like I, and everything, and that is that is very hard. Like the fact that I don't know these sisters have such a contentious relationship. And they sometimes. didn't always. They used to be like very very close. I think they'll get. Back 
back there. But it's like as tough as it is to watch, having real stakes is the thing that is drawing me to the show, mm-hmm. like between the music business aspect and the fact that they're related. So I'd recommend giving it a watch. It's a nice, it's like going to only be six episodes or something. So it'll be a quick one. But I'm curious to see how it all shakes out because now they're arguing about who's going to headline the tour and SWV is pissed. And I don't know. I'm interested. I'm interested. But these are stakes, guys. Who's going to headline stakes. the tour? <laughs> Absolutely. And will those tickets <sighs> cost as much when as we go on tickets? tour? Who's headlining? Ooh, I don't know. Matt Palmer, Matt Steele. Who gets first billed? Ooh, let's have it be Pastor Dan. <laughs> He's not. Pa- really- Pastor Dan presents. <laughs> Two game uh, ads. Two ads. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. So Matt Steele. Yeah. Is there anything else you'd like to tell the people? That I, I love you so much. We do love you so much. Thank you all for watching and listening and waiting a day for us. We're happy to be here. And we'll see you next week with more Two Game Ads, the podcast. Bye. 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 